Our second, second scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 13. We'll be reading verses 31 through 33. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, 31 through 33. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. This is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Uh, so we've been talking for the last couple of weeks kind of in an impromptu sermon series on farming parables. Uh, since Jesus seems to have a bunch of them kind of clumped together in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, so uh, we're going to follow that up today with some more farming parables, <laughs> um, but some short ones. Uh, these are some very short parables, uh, but the fun thing about parables is that everybody reads them a little differently. Uh, it's You can't really say, this is what this means, and then seal it like put it in stone because everybody looks at it a little different than other folks do. Uh, so that's, I think, what we've been doing this with all these up to this, and these little ones are no exception. In fact, I think when they're smaller, you might be able to read a little bit more into them. And I found that out when researching these this week uh, by seeing how many people saw how many different things in these two little parables, uh, ranging from, you know, visions of the church in the world to denouncements of communism. You can find a little bit of anything if you look hard enough. Um, but I don't think that's what I'll be doing today, so we'll see where this goes. Um, but we, it's pretty simple, right? Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a tiny seed, and it grows into something big. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast uh, that leavens the whole uh, mess of flour. So, okay, all right, that's all we got. So what does that mean? I think when we're looking at what Jesus is saying, when Jesus gives us parables, one of the first things that we should do is look at who Jesus is talking to. Uh, and I think that's going to tell us a little bit about what is going on. Uh, so when we look at these two parables, we see Jesus talking to a group of people that have been following him around. These people, uh, just like everybody else in the Gospels, are from Israel at the time that it is taken over by the Roman people. Uh, it is a time of struggle. Uh, as scholars say that the people at this time uh, didn't really have anything because most of it was taken by the Romans. Most people had almost 95% of their income taken in taxes. Uh, they struggled to eat. That's why things like the feeding of the 5,000 are so important. These folks were hungry. Uh, so they're following this firebrand preacher around who is not only feeding them occasionally, miraculously, uh, but also using language about the kingdom of God coming, uh, referring to himself as the son of God, uh, these things that are political in nature. They see this as a coming change. So over time, when Jesus is still just, you know, taking them out into the wilderness and talking in parables, that at some point you've got to think about the fact that these people are a little disappointed. These people are a little, they're not getting what they expected out of Jesus. Uh, and so when Jesus is saying, hey, the kingdom of God is like a tiny seed, these folks are probably saying, well, yes, it is. Because the kingdom of God that you're supposed to be talking about is supposed to be big and grand and wonderful. 
and knocking the Romans off their horses and getting them out of here. But instead, you're out here talking about loving your neighbor as yourself. What does this mean? So you can see a little bit of disappointment in their demeanor. That would make sense. And I think part of the reason I'm looking at it that way is, you know, when you when you prepare to preach, you preach to yourself first. Uh, and I'll let y'all know I've been disappointed here lately. And that is a word that is weak in comparison to what it actually is. Uh, it's been a tough couple of couple of weeks, really, and that's the crazy part of it with all of this going on with Alicia's dad. Um, it's been it's been hard. Um, and so disappointment is an understandable feeling uh, because there's the question of where is God? How did this happen? Things like that. And so that's where I came at this from. So if you all allow me to talk to you from that for a second. But Jesus says, look at this tiny seed. By all intents and purposes, this would be a disappointment, but it's going to become something good. It's going to become something big and grand. So the seed that he's talking about, scholars normally assume it was a black mustard seed, uh, which is only about a millimeter in size. It's real small. Uh, I didn't think to go get one as an object lesson. Uh, yeah, that was good, but it's even smaller than an apple seed, for the record. Um, but the plant of a black mustard seed that comes out of that small is not a tree. Jesus says it's a tree, but it's about 10 foot tall. It's like a shrub. It's kind of like a just a tall shoot, somewhere between 8 and 10 foot tall normally. Um, so I think that's important to remember because that is so small. And if you said, hey, the kingdom of God is like this, and people are disappointed, people would say, okay, all right, so you understand where we're coming from. So, so why are we here? Um, but Jesus is saying it's going to become something better. And that is, I think, true of almost any situation we can find ourselves in. Something might be disappointing. Life might be disappointing. The kingdom of God might seem disappointing at times, but that doesn't mean that things won't get better. It doesn't mean that we don't have hope. And I think that's an important thing to remember, that disappointment cannot be without hope. We can be disappointed in a situation, but we can also be hopeful for what could come in the future. And that's been helpful to us as we've been going through all of this with Alicia's dad, because we still have hope. We hope that we can see him again. We hope, just like the song that was just saying says, that we will see him dancing with Jesus again. But black mustard seeds aren't just small. Uh, so when you think of mustard, normally, I mean, we're, you know, Americans, we think of mustard, uh, you know, yellow French's mustard. But mustard is a spice. Black mustard seeds is a spice along with any other mustard seeds. If you have really good deli mustard that almost looks like a slaw more than a mustard because there's so many seeds in it, those are black mustard seeds. Curry uses black mustard seeds. Almost every Indian meal you will ever have has black mustard seeds ground up in it. And so that's something else to remember when we're disappointed is that something might be disappointing, but if we just focus on the disappointing part of it, then we might miss the ability to, the, the flavor that is there. We might miss the, the, the nuance and beauty that is there. Because if we look at this and say, this is small and worthless, we don't realize the fact that if you put that over oil and put it in anything, it is going to add a lot of flavor to it. 
But Jesus doesn't just stop at a mustard seed. He goes on to another parable. And that's the other thing. So not only do you have to think about who Jesus is talking to when he's talking in parables, you also have to think about why they're next to each other, right? Because it's, so in, uh, in cinematography, in study of film, they have a word called juxtaposition. They use it in other stuff too, but it's juxtaposition is so fascinating to talk about in film studies because people made that movie look like that. So when they take a scene and put another scene right next to it, the putting juxtaposition means putting two things together to give them meaning to give to add to them so when jesus says okay the kingdom of god is like a mustard seed and then he says and the kingdom of god is like yeast that is added to flour you put those two things together and you realize that they add to each other because just by themselves they're saying the same thing so what he's saying is you take a small piece of leaven and add it to dough overnight it will the whole thing will become leaven so it's the same thing, really, if you look at it. It is a small thing becoming a larger thing. But there's more to it than that. So if Jesus is saying that the, that the kingdom of God is small and it is going to become bigger, saying it again in a different way adds something to it. So, and I think a little science lesson about what leaven is would be beneficial in helping us understand this. Uh, so leaven... Well, he doesn't even say leaven in the, the translation that I read. Uh, he said yeast. So yeast is what's in leaven. Yeast is microorganisms that uh, is what leavens bread. So when he says, so when we say leavening, it is a small piece of already leavened dough that is added to dough as a starter that has yeast living in it. And the yeast eat the sugar of the, the flour, eat the, the nutrients in the flour, uh, expel CO2 and make new yeast so they spread across the whole thing. That's the reason when you have leavened bread, it is airy normally, you know, it's got those little bubbles in it. Uh, that's from the CO2, that's, and that's what makes it grow. So yeast, leavened dough, as it's leavening, bubbles. It is move, And so two folks at that time who had seen that before, that's not just a story of a seed becoming a flower because you don't see that happen. But if you have leavening in dough, you can sit and watch it pop and expand in a much shorter period of time. So not only is it growing just like the mustard seed grew, it is almost alive. It is a, you could possibly even say violent growth. It is, you know, uh, visual uh, and entertaining. I watched a lot of time lapses this week of uh, dough leavening. Uh, and so just in five minutes, you can watch just, it looks like a horror film, it looked like a something from The Thing. Uh, but it was really fascinating. So that is a visual representation to bring it home, but also to show them something different, that it's messy. Uh, leavening a lot of times, because it was uncontrollable, was not considered a good thing. That's the reason we talk about unleavened bread. That's the reason Jesus, uh, throughout the rest of the Gospels, pretty much any other time he mentions leavening, it's a negative connotation. But in this time, he's saying it in a positive thing. He's saying the kingdom of God is like this leavening. Uh, so we understand that the kingdom of God grows, but it doesn't just grow in some faraway sense. It grows here and now in a beautiful way. So yeast, so when I talk about yeast, I'm actually talking about little tiny microscopic things that are alive. So they're even smaller than the black mustard seed 
from the previous parable. So he brings it down. It's even smaller than it was previously. But it needs two things to grow. Yeast does. It doesn't just grow like with water and sunlight like a, a seed would. It needs community. It needs to be with other yeast. Uh, so that's completely different. Um, it's a single yeast cell by itself is not going to do anything. They do something in numbers, which as an image of the kingdom of God, I can't think of anything better. Um, but that's true to the kingdom of God the same way because we work best in community. We work best as people. And I know that's been true for the last couple of weeks, watching Alicia's family and my family as well work together during this rough time. Um, it's been, though it's been hard sometimes, uh, it's been beautiful at the same time. But not only do we need community, not only do, well, not only do yeast need community, let's bring it back to the, the metaphor before we actually explain it. Not only do yeast need community, they also need nutrients. Um, they need to eat. Yeast, that's what yeast do, they eat. Um, so they, they eat sugar, they eat nutrients in the dough or other thing that you have yeast working in. Um, and they, they make new yeast and expel and grow through that. So just like that, we have to eat. As a community, we eat. That's part of the reason we have fellowship meals pretty much every time we get together as a church. I don't know if you'll have noticed that. I don't think I've ever walked into this building and not ate. I don't know about y'all. Um, it's, well, it's, yeah, and there's something beautiful about that, right? Um, but that, it's, it, one, it gives us a reason to get together as people, but also it, it binds us together. It allows us to have a reason to be together because everybody's got to eat. I uh, don't remember who said it, but it's a beautiful quote that says, you shouldn't focus on what you eat as much as you should focus on who you're eating with. Uh, I think that's I think that's a very important part of life because I mean you could be eating crackers as long as you're with good people. Um, I don't know why I'm talking bad about crackers, but uh, it's just uh, let's say McDonald's. I think everybody can rag on McDonald's. You can eat McDonald's as long as you're with good people. Um, but j so yeast eat sugar, and that's what makes them grow. But not they can't just live on sugar alone. Yeast also have to have nutrients like amino acids, uh, proteins, uh, minerals uh, in order to grow and spread. Uh, otherwise, they just stay stagnant and stay the same amount of yeast and don't really get anywhere very far. Uh, flour and dough have those things naturally, but other things uh, like wine and mead, they have to ha have them added to them uh, in order to have them move. Uh, and I think that's a beautiful image of the fact that we can't just eat. That as the kingdom, as God's people, we can't just get together and eat because everybody gets together and eat, eats. We have to have something else. And that something else is one of the things we get to do today. That something else is the Lord's Supper. That this something else is communion, uh, where we get to remember Christ and what Christ did for us. We can't just live off of bread alone. We have to have memory. We have to have the image of God, and we have to do that together. So other, so 
along with calling it the Lord's Supper, some traditions call it communion. It is not just a communion with God. It is a communion with each other. We take the bread and we drink the cup together to remind ourselves not just what God did for us, but also who we belong to. And I'll be honest with you all, I need that. Um, I think it's a grace thing that that's happening today because the ability to say that I am God's and I am y'all's and y'all are mine is something I need right now. Um, So I'm excited to be able to share that with y'all today.